Hey mamas, this is Playfully Faithful Parenting, and I'm your host, Joy Wenling. I'm a seminary grad and children's and family minister turned stay-at-home mom to my five girls. Spiritual parenting is my calling, and it's my passion to help other mamas disciple their kids using the power of play and their own authentic daily walk with Christ. If you're a mama who wants to introduce your kids to Jesus and watch as the Holy Spirit transforms their lives, this is the place for you. I'm so glad you're here. So let's dive in and see how we can partner with God today. Hello, mamas, and welcome to this bonus episode of Playfully Faithful Parenting. I'm your host, Joy, and I can't wait to share with you today's conversation with my friend, Wendy Schultz. Wendy and I talk about spiritual parenting, the importance of play, and she shares with us this gold nugget of information about four toys you need to get started with Bible play. And it's just, it blew my mind the first time she told me about this. And I'm just so excited to share it with you. I hope that it blesses you and really sparks your creativity and encourages you and equips you to disciple your kids. Now here's that conversation. Hi, Wendy. Thank you for being with us on Playfully Faithful Parenting. Can you introduce yourself for us? Hi, Joy. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, My name is Wendy Schultz. I am a mom of two girls who are 18 and 15. Um, My husband and I were college sweethearts, so we have been married for almost 25 years. And um, in my career, I have been in the local church, serving as preschool ministry director, uh, children's ministry, with a focus on uh, spiritual parenting, and then also as a family minister director. Um, I currently am not working within the local church, but um, I'm working in serving women and leading modern pilgrimages um, around Europe. So I'm excited to talk to you today. We are so excited to have you and to talk to you. And I can't wait to hear more about these pilgrimages. But before we get to that, I want to ask you, what does spiritual parenting mean to you? We have talked about um, spiritual parenting is living out your authentic faith in front of your kids and inviting them to know who God is. So what Mm -hmm. is kind of your take on spiritual parenting? Yeah, that's a great question. I love the uh, definition you just gave. I think for me, spiritual parenting always goes back to the verses in Deuteronomy chapter six, where it talks about just, or just gives us vision of how as parents, we can talk about God can um, help our children understand the work of God just in everyday life, whether it's when we're waking up, when we're laying down, when we're walking on the road, when we're going to work, just everyday life and impressing upon our children's lives as they're growing, who God is, what he thinks about them, what he has done for them. So that's how I look at spiritual parenting. Absolutely. That's been a key verse for me as I have been learning about spiritual parenting as well. And um we, we met on Clubhouse, and so we yeah. have talked about the importance of play, and so I would love to hear you just share a little bit about, um, with your experience in ministry and as a mama, what do you think, um, how play plays into this faith thing that we do? 
Yeah, I love that. And I love your whole philosophy. And I always like am encouraged by hearing you talk about play and whimsy. And, um, you know, I think we have two, we have two options. We can um, present God as something to be feared and, you know, very heavy handed um, with a list of rules for our kids to do and don't do. And, and that's a, you know, not a very wooing approach. And so I think play comes in because we have a playful God. I mean, you can see that all throughout creation. I mean, so many animals that our family that we look at and we talk about, and we're like, God has a sense of humor. I mean, even with humans, even with me, like God has a sense of humor, you know? And so I think when we um, play and we look at um, play as a way to share about faith with children, it's just part of wooing our children to a God who loves them, a God with a sense of humor, a God who promises us joy. Um, and you know, it's a God I want to follow. Um, there's a scripture that I won't be able to reference, but, um, it talks about, you know, if for anyone who, for anyone who keeps children from knowing the Lord, they'd be better or anyone from knowing the Lord, they'd be better that a millstone was tied to their neck. Like, I think God takes seriously when we um, create barriers for our children for coming to God. And I think play is kind of the antidote of that. Absolutely. I love that. And I love the image that you just shared of wooing our kids Mm -hmm. to God. Um, I like totally agree. I think I've said often that Jesus and faith are too serious to take it too seriously. Yes. And um, so I think finding that balance of um, keeping the play and the life and the abundance And also, you know, the appropriate fear of God is, can be Mm -hmm. a difficult, you know, tightrope to walk at times, but, um, that verse that you referenced, um, I believe it's in Matthew, um, I'll look that, that up and include it in the show notes though. Um, it is one that I have also read and just been like, this is important to God and teaching kids in a way that they want to meet God and know God is so important to him. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And I often say, like, I, I feel like as parents, our role is to be Jesus's biggest hype men in our house. You know, I want to talk about Jesus in a way that, you know, my kids just feel comfortable and they feel excited and, and hyped up about that, you know, that Jesus. Yeah. I love that. And I can really see that, like, Jesus is just like another member of your family, just the way you talk about him. And um, it just, that makes it so approachable for kids. And um, it, especially when they're younger and they can't have the, like, they don't think concretely yet, mm-hmm. just the way you talk about him and the way you talk about talking about him and your family makes such an abstract idea for little kids. like something that's really approachable and understandable. I love that. I've heard you talk about this idea that you have four toys that you can do a lot of faith play with. Would you tell us more about that? I think it's so practical and helpful for parents. Yes. Well, I mean, I think that there are so many great products out there. There's books and there's, there's, there's so many different things, but sometimes that can become a, um, 
it, it can it can paralyze us to think like, do I have the right things or do I have the I don't know what to do. And so this is just like a really simple way to look at how can I keep a few things together that are easy for us to grab. You probably most parents already have these in the home, doesn't cost any money. And together, they can be just something that you can reach for over and over again to playfully tell Bible stories. So um, those items are a basket, which is super because you can put the other things inside, (laughs) Um, a baby doll, some animals. And the animals could be little wooden animals, little plastic animals, could be stuffed animals, anything, Um, and a set of blocks. So just some regular wooden blocks. Um, And those things together, you can pull out, if you threw a scarf in there, that would be super too. (laughs) Um, But those are, you know, like really inexpensive average things. I think it's great for grandparents to have a basket like this too, um, to just have in the house. Um, But you could, there's so many things that you can just play out. um, And we could talk through some of that if you want me to. Yes. I would love to hear at least one or two ideas for each of those objects. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, the baby doll, you could of course do any baby story from the Bible and little people love baby stories. Um, They love babies. You know, there's just like a real draw to that. Um, And so you can be, you can talk through the story of the birth of Christ. You can talk about um, the story of Moses and using your basket. You can talk about how um, his mom and his sister Miriam had to put um, baby Moses in the basket and put him in the river and trust him to God to protect him. Um, You can also use that baby doll, not as a baby with the basket and talk about the story about the man who, um, whose friends brought him to Jesus for healing. And they put him in a basket and cut a hole in the roof and lowered him down because they couldn't get to Jesus through the door. And that's just such a great story for kids because, you know, it's just, you know, just talking through like what a mess that would make, you know, making a big hole in the roof. Um, So that's really fun for those. Um, The basket can also be used for um, talking about um, Jesus multiplying the loaves and, and the fish and feeding everyone. Um, has lots of purposes for the animals. Of course, you can talk about Noah's Ark and God's protection. Your basket can become the Ark. Um, you can talk about creation, which is wonderful. Um, so lots of things with the animals, also the animals, um, in our house at Christmas time, our kids did have like a little people, uh, nativity set. And those animals came out. And I remember uh, the Christmas, my youngest daughter was four. Like every day, she just loved to tell me the story. And she would go get all these animals. I mean, she'd bring like my little ponies to meet Jesus. (laughs) Like everyone came to meet baby Jesus. And it was super, you know, and people would come into our house. They'd be like, you have the most interesting nativity scene happening here. And it's true, but it was, you know, just touchable and engageable. And Emily just loved you know, telling me who was coming to meet Jesus that day, giraffes or, you know, whatever. Um, So the animals are wonderful. And then blocks, you can build all sorts of things in blocks. You can build that manger scene uh, for Jesus. You can um, build, of course, Jericho is a great, really fun, you know, wall to make and tear it down. And um, and Jericho is a great opportunity to talk about brave women, uh, which, you know, raising daughters myself is really important for me to tell the stories of faithful women throughout scripture. Um, and, you know, Rahab's bravery in hiding the spies and saving their lives. And um, 
So that's great with that. Um, blocks can also be turned into anything. Blocks can be turned into Noah's Ark. Blocks can be turned into um, any story really you want to tell, whether it's a house or um, a barn or you know, stable or a boat. Um, it can be a whale. Blocks can be anything. So we don't really need you know to go spend a whole bunch of money. Um, we can just keep a few simple things together and be creative together. I I just love that. The first time I heard you talk about that concept, I was just like, ah, like a light bulb. I mean, that's just so amazing. And I love that it also um, equips families to be creative. Mm. And I love tools and resources that are kind of a starting off point that equips equips mamas to know that they can be the ones who disciple their kids. And I think giving, you know, moms, this, these four simple toys, Mm -hmm. ideas of toys can give them the confidence to say, Hey, we've got these things. We can do this. Let's read a story together and and see how we can play it out. Or, you know, when they're doing their own Bible study and they're like, Oh, this story would play out really well with the doll and the, and the blocks. Let's, mm-hmm. you know, I can do this. And it just, I think will encourage them and give moms confidence that they, that they can be their kids, you know, minister and, yes. and to pastor to their own kids. Yes. Um, I, I, I try to encourage moms all the time. Like you and dads, you are God's best plan for your child. No matter how your child came into your household, you are God's best plan for your children to learn about him. And so, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's, and that's our goal here is to, you know, help equip and encourage moms to do that. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I think, you know, both of us have been in children's and family ministry before. And so we love the church and we love the ministry of the church, but we also know its place and it's not to be the primary discipler of children. So, um, yeah, so I just love, I love the place that those four toys can take families together and, and practice creativity and intentionality with, um, with the Bible stories. I love that. Um, so you are a mom and, um, and you are someone who values play. And I, you know, I've seen that in, in your, um, answers and in our conversations. So how do you as a mom play and how do you encourage other moms and women to, to play? Oh, I love that question. One, we just all need to be talking about this, right? Like I think, um, our kids need to see playful moms and, and smiles on our faces. And so I love that. I have, um, I have a number of just everyday things I do, whether it's, I really love walking. I live in North Carolina and we have access to some great, um, green belts and wooded forest paths from our house. And so I love to just get outside, see what's blooming and active in nature, um, get into the woods as many mornings a week as I can. And I love, um, nature photography and taking pictures of mushrooms and whatever, you know, stream changes and, and birds We have great hum- birds here and, and so many things like that. Um, and then I love travel. So travel is a big part of my life. Um, our family travels quite a lot, especially outside of global pandemics. <laughs> so, right. um, 
Yes. So one way that I encourage mamas to play is by leading modern pilgrimages um, to France and Italy. So um, that is just a way for a small group of women to go to encounter a new culture, a new place. We eat well, we stay well, (laughs) um, and we travel in a small group so that women can really get to know each other. Um, you know, one of the things that we have heard time and time again, talk about these trips with women, um, my partner and I, is women saying, I just want to sit at like a long table under some twinkly lights with some women who love Jesus and have an unrushed, uninterrupted conversation. And so uh, we aim to create those um, opportunities. So that. That sounds so amazing. And I hope to be able to go on one of those sometime. Yeah, I told my husband on. about them and he was like, oh, that sounds great for you. It's like, yes. When is that going to work? <laughs> but I, I don't start planning. Yeah. With, I want to know what, what does France have to do mm-hmm. with faith? Ah, that's a great question. So um, France, one, has its own great faith history to it. Um, but we fly into, um, so it was my partner. Her name is Amy Carroll. She's a Christian author. Um, and she, one of her books that she has co-authored is called exhale. And the subtitle is lose who you're not love who God made you to be and live your one life. Well, so our France tour is around those three themes, uh, in France, in, um, Paris, we do some work around art and losing who we're not. And Christian art, especially for women, has misrepresented or represented well women throughout the eras. And so we have a really great partnership there with an artist um, and work through the Louvre and through different art um, in the city about like, how have women been represented and how have we represented ourselves or lies we've come to believe about ourselves? Um, And then we literally pilgrimage on to Mont Saint-Michel, which is one of the great pilgrimage sites of Europe. Um, And we spend an overnight on the Mont. We do a sunrise service with the monks who still live there. And uh, that's where we talk about losing, uh, losing who we're not and loving who we are. Um, And then we go on to the beaches in Normandy. We stay at a chateau for four days uh, in Normandy and uh, do some touring there, specifically learning about women's roles in the French resistance in World War II that led to the Allied landings at Normandy. Um, There were a group of women who made that happen. And it's pretty incredible, the stories that are in that area of women who use their lives well, very faith-driven, many women. Um, And so that's the itinerary and like what we do in France. um, And it's pretty incredible. And in the meantime, we eat really well. (laughs) It sounds fantastic. Like, yeah, yeah. Keep doing it because in two, three years, hopefully, once my husband can handle all five girls for a week or 10 days, however long it is, I'm going to want to be there. So that sounds fantastic. Is there anything else that you would like to share with our listeners? You know, I think this podcast is such a great concept and I really just encourage parents to continue to you know, listen to a podcast like this, 
look for content of people who are encouraging you that you can do this. Like you are God's best plan. And so um, just to let go of those lies of, you know, maybe feeling that maybe you didn't grow up in a household where faith was taught. That's definitely my story, but that doesn't mean that has to be your children's story. And so just keep leaning into positive um, sources that can encourage you and equip you, as you said, to do this. Great. Thank you so much, Wendy. We've loved having you and maybe we'll have you again in the future. Thank you. Hope you have a great day. Thanks. Well, mamas, that's it for today. Thanks for joining me on Playfully Faithful Parenting. I'd love to keep the conversation going over on the socials. You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. If you felt encouraged or equipped by today's show, do me a favor and leave a review. I can't wait to hear your story. Till next week, keep playing and pointing those littles to Christ.